a wild last 48 hours for IU Athletics, uh, mainly centering around a football program that has people coming in, people coming out, coaches, players. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Michael Penix leaving in more detail. Uh, Walt Bell coming in as the offensive coordinator. Jared's going to join us for that. We're also going to start off talking about the women's basketball team, their Big Ten opener, which they won handily. Lots and lots to talk about in today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, December 7th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, reaction, all around good time we try to have here. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers part of your day. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude, uh, coming to you late Monday night. It's been a wild, wild last uh, 24, 36, maybe even 48 hours for the Hoosiers uh, from the football team to the women's basketball team. Lots of news. We're going to touch on all of it. First, though, the holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. Shout out to Omaha Steaks for sponsoring today's episode. As always, guys, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosier. We're going to kick off talking about women's basketball. Then we're going to welcome Jared in to talk some IU football since they wanted to make all the news in the last uh, last 24 hours or so. First, though, women's basketball team kicks off the Big Ten with a huge 70 to 40 victory, though it wasn't wasn't all pretty. Uh, something that has become a bit of a tradition for this team now is a slow start. Uh, they gave up an early six nothing run to Penn State, called an early timeout, and pretty much from that point on, it was all Hoosiers. They eventually win the uh, first quarter, 18 to 13, but it was the second and third quarters where they uh, really, really tightened the screws outscore Penn State 42 to 17 that includes a 21 to nothing run in the third quarter absolutely dominant display from the Hoosiers we talked on Monday's episode about Indiana kind of needing to make a bit of a statement uh, just setting the tone for the college uh, or for the Big Ten conference season they did just that on uh, Monday dominance McKenzie Holmes led the way as always 16.6 rebounds Nicole Cardano Hillary coming off that O of 10 shooting performance uh, broke out for 14 points, three of six shooting from the field. The team as a whole had a much better shooting night. We mentioned that as another key shot 51% from the field, 42% from the uh, three point line. Uh, Allie Patberg had 15 points, three rebounds, a couple of assists. Grace Berger had 10 points on three of eight shooting six rebounds and four assists all around a much much better offensive outing perhaps the most impressive stat Penn State didn't attempt a free throw on the entire night 
the Hoosiers turned the ball over a little bit too much, 18 turnovers, but that's about the only thing you could point and say was a negative on the night. We talked coming into the game, McKenna Marissa being the star player for Penn State. She looked it in the first quarter. She scored 11 of their 13 points, including all six of those early on, was 5 of 10 from the field in the first quarter, and then went 5 of 12 from the field for 10 points the rest of the way, only shot 1 of 7 from 3. The Hoosier defense is legit. As much as the offense comes and goes, the defense does not force 22 turnovers on the night. Uh, really a dominant display uh, from them on that end of the court. Um, they scored 24 points off of turnovers. Uh, and the best news is everybody got to play on the night. Everybody on the roster checked into the game. Um, big, big win for them. Really set the tone. Uh, so shout out to the Hoosiers. I hope you guys tuned in. If not, tune in this season. It's a big game against Ohio State coming up here in the near future, a top 25 matchup. But uh, for now, the Hoosiers start conference play with a big victory. They are 1-0. Going to keep that segment a little bit shorter because, as always, I expect Jared and I to go on for quite a bit. And there's a lot to talk about with IU football right now. Uh, in case you missed it, Walt Bell was hired as the new offensive coordinator. That came out late, late, late on Sunday night. Uh, prior to that, Michael Penix announced his transfer from the program. Not shocking. Gave some of my thoughts uh, to that on Monday, if you guys want to hear it. Uh, a couple transfers, or one notable transfer in, another player returning. We're going to touch on all of that here uh, with Jared. Before we do that, though, let's uh, give a shout out to a few different people. Uh, so you guys listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone. So you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks per month. So you and your family can share all the insights and the power of America's largest 5G network, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and the edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. A disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See boostmobile.com for details. If you guys haven't heard, Prize Picks is a ton of fun. Uh, they are the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid major players you might not have ever heard of. College football bowl season coming up. No better time than to give uh, prize picks a shot. And especially because they want to give you free money. If you guys uh, sign up now, all users that deposit and use promo code locked on will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Free money they are giving you guys. It's simple. You pick two to five players. Pick the over-under on their prop, whether it's touchdowns, whether it's rushing yards, receptions, interceptions thrown. They have more than you could possibly think of. 
Uh, and if you win, you can earn up to 10 times your entry. Uh, they allow mixed sports entries, so you can mix some college football with some college basketball, with some NBA, uh, everything in between, some NHL, whatever it is, you guys can mix and match. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On to get some free money, uh, or go to the App Store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And as promised, we are now joined by Jared. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with IU football over the last 24, 36 hours. First, though, bud, how you doing? IU basketball is good, at least. <laughs> That's probably the only reason why I'm doing well. <laughs> it's the basketball <laughs> team. Uh, it's the only thing I have to to sort of hold on to. Shout out to our uh, shout out to our men and and lady Hoosiers. And 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 women Hoosiers, great. Uh, two, rare we have two good basketball teams to hang our hat on. I'm we'll say one and a half for now. Would Nebraska's no great feat, but we'll say one and a half for now. At least we know the women's team is great. Yeah, the women picked up that big win today, as we talked about in the first segment. Uh, before we jump into all this IU football news, want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. When we're done here, make sure your second listen is a Locked On Big Ten podcast. Uh, I was on there for a Tuesday uh, talking about IU, talking about basketball in the Big Ten as a whole. Unfortunately, though, I had to say nice things about Purdue. I only did so because it'll make it that much sweeter when we beat them. Um, build them up now so that when you win, you uh, you look even better. So head on over there. Go listen to some basketball talk today. We're going to start off. Uh, the football discussion with the more breaking of the of the news uh, and offensive coordinator Walt Bell uh, being hired reportedly, at least, uh, although it certainly seems like a done deal. Uh, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN was the first one to report it, as I said, late on Sunday night, really late. Uh, it's an interesting hire. Uh, he was fired from UMass this season after a two and 23 record. Uh, so. Not a great head coach, we can say. This man has been all over the place. Uh, he most, re or I should say before UMass, was the offensive coordinator and QB coach at Florida State uh, for one season. Before that, he spent two seasons in the Big Ten as offensive coordinator and QB coach for Maryland in 2016 and 2017. Uh, IU went one and one against those teams. and. Uh, the lower scoring of the two games was a 42-39 win. Uh, and then prior to that, he was the associate head coach, offensive coordinator, and QB coach at Arkansas State. There are a lot of places he went or he's been. I'm not going to name them all off because IU makes the 10th different school he will have coached at. If you want to throw in that he played at Middle Tennessee State, it is the 11th program he has represented in some capacity. And he is 37 years old. Uh, and uh, so he has been around. Uh, I'll throw it to you first. What is just kind of your initial reaction to this hire? I hate it. I, I hate everything. <laughs> about it. I, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could sugarcoat it. Um, uh, look, it's, it, it, you don't have to go out and get, get somebody incredibly sexy with a crazy resume. Look at end of the day, this is Indiana football. You know, you're not getting, you're not getting anybody in the door that 
is going to take a job at Oklahoma, is going to take the job at US, a vacancy at USC, LSU. I mean, that's just not going to happen. <clears throat> but it's just, it's yet another, it's yet another uninspiring thing that's happened to Indiana football this year. I, at best, uninspiring. Um, it, it doesn't really give me confidence with the state of the program. Um, it doesn't give me confidence for the future um, of the program. Um, it's just, it's uninspiring. It's boring. It's not for, you know, it's not even one of those where you're hiring a young coach with a really like exciting potential future and sort of gambling on that. I would rather gamble on that and just take a shot and listen, maybe this is Tom Allen saying, look, I feel the heat a little bit. Let's make a safe hire. Let's just get a guy in who's experienced, who's been there, done that. But I, I just, it, it, I'm not exactly brimming with confidence at this move. Um, I want to hear your thoughts personally because I, I, I know you have some takes on it. Less sexy, less sexy, less fun takes than mine. But I'm I'm typically in general just not someone who has strong takes off the bat. It it wasn't a sexy name for certain. We talked about some some different names that could be. Um, it's certainly not a sexy name. He's mixed success at various stops with. Uh, two and twenty-three record at UMass. Uh, I'm not going to entirely hold that against them because there's been a lot of good offensive coordinators that stink as head coaches, especially when you're 37 years old. Uh, I won't entirely hold that against them. Um, I've looked up some of what he's done. Zach Osterman probably uh, explained it better than I could have, at least right now. Here's what he said about Bell in the Indy Star, for those of you that don't follow or know of him. A quote, at various stops, Bell's offenses have alternated between impressive and beset by problems. He made Arkansas State a legitimately competitive team in that phase, uh, struggled to manage an offense weighed down by constant quarterback injuries at Maryland, and oversaw an exceptionally strong passing attack in an otherwise frustrating 2018 season in Tallahassee, uh, that being with the Seminoles. Uh, the stats back it up. Um, largely speaking, he he has good passing attacks. Um, it was actually running the ball that those Arkansas State teams excelled most at. And early on at Maryland, they ran the ball well. But as Zach noted, Florida State, the one year there, they were the number 28 uh, passing offense in terms of yards per game. Um, he has he had a couple top 50 seasons in terms of rushing offense. Um, the other thing to just kind of note, uh, Bell is expected to make at least $700,000. Uh, here's why that matters. So this is from Mass Live, uh, who reported that uh, at least somewhat of his salary uh, UMass fired Bell last month and owed him $937,000 over two years, but according to the language in his contract, that would be negated if he took a paying job more than $468,500, which is half of that figure, uh, and mitigated if he took a job paying less than that. Since his new salary is over $700,000, the Minutemen are no longer required to pay him. Uh, why that matters is because, at worst, he will be the second highest paid offensive coordinator in IU history behind 
Kalen DeBoer, who we've talked about last week, is now at Washington. Um, when you see some of the stats, he's had success. At one point, he was the kind of uh, youngster, hotshot coordinator at Arkansas State. That's what led him to go to Maryland. Does anything like that uh, give you any reason for optimism? Uh, no, not not in particular at this point. Look, at this point, a, a tiger doesn't change his stripes. Um, so, and uh, quite frankly, the Osterman quote's a little bit concerning. To, concerning, I say, concerning to me, um, in the sense that you know he says his offense has alternated between impressive and beset by problems. Well, that's Indiana football in a nutshell, right? Yeah, and, very much so. And they a lot, talking. a lot of what Osterman said in that seemed awfully familiar to what Indiana has struggled with. Exactly. So it just seems to, it fits like a glove, but not in a good way at all in the, uh, in, in, in the bad way that a glove can fit. Um, and again, it's just alternated between impressive and beset by problems. You want to talk about changing the culture. You want to talk about making IU a football destination. Again, doesn't have to be a powerhouse, but a football destination. And then you go and hire, you know, hire a guy that basically essentially just mirrors the last couple of years of Indiana football, you know, look impressive and then be set by problems and then you clean house. And it just, it, it's not inspiring. It's not fun. It's very concerning. It's, you know, it, it makes me question the truly, you know, the devotion of the athletic department to the football program. Um, Again, not saying that they had to go out and and when the Joe Brady being fired from the Panthers news broke, go and get them Joe Brady for six million dollars a year. Look, we're not we're not saying that. I would love that um, if he's still available. You know, if he decides to take a year off from coaching and next year is not great, like, hey Tom, like thanks for all you've done, but you know, but it, it, in all seriousness, it's not you know it's not a Joe Brady candidate. It's nobody sexy, but you don't need sexy at the very least when you're a program like Indiana. You need consistency, and obviously he does not really bring that to the table. I mean, consistently average to below average, or I, I, I guess if that's how you want to spin it, but it, it's just it, it does nothing for me. Um, I mean, I you need to offensive line coach if joe brady wants to come do that uh we could use <laughs> any sort of upgrade on that that that's kind of my last point is that it's not a sexy name i would i would push back a little bit toward the program or toward the athletics kind of program not being committed to football because he is going to be the second highest paid coordinator uh in the program's history now my question would be just kind of the talent evaluation more than them not forking up the money. Uh, the, but I mean, still, nonetheless, it's not a sexy name, but ultimately this one move doesn't change everything with the offense. There's a lot of things that need to be done to this offense. Uh, the offensive line still has to be priority one, two, and three. Because if it's a bad offensive line, it really doesn't matter if Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator, uh, because that offensive line is going to derail everything you want to do. Uh, it's things like that. You need more consistency from your wide receivers. You need more consistency from your quarterbacks. 
all of that is stuff that's going to change. This offense is going to look, I think, drastically different in terms of personnel, uh, in terms of who's running it. Everything about this team in terms of the offense is going to look different, including Michael Penix not being under center anymore. We talked about it on, or I talked about it, I should say, the beginning of Monday's episode. It broke literally right after I posted the new podcast, so I had to take it down, go back, edit it, add in some thoughts. Didn't give every all my thoughts, so we're going to talk about Penix leaving presumably what that what just his kind of legacy is with this program before we do that though mentioned him at the top of the show sponsor of today's episode is omaha steaks uh, the holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky omaha steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift to be loved go to omahasteaks.com enter college in the search bar and you guys can order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. And when you use that code COLLEGE, you'll get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers for free with your order. We've already heard reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com get those free uh burgers eight free burgers when you guys enter that code college achieve gifting greatness with omaha steaks incredible flavor incredible value and 100 percent guaranteed omahasteaks.com keyword college so prior to the offensive coordinator news coming out uh michael Penix, uh i guess he didn't officially announce him it Zach Osterman reported it on Sunday night. Michael Penix kind of announced it officially on social media on Monday. He is entering the transfer portal. I gave my initial thoughts on Monday's episode. What were yours when I incorrectly sent you the wrong thing on in a text message on Sunday night? Um, sort of everything. Yeah. I, I, I felt... I wish I could quantify it into one thing, but I sort of felt everything, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's going to, you know, finally move on from the program and be able to, you know, have hopefully land somewhere as a starter for one year and make a name for himself and, or remake his name, I guess, because he made a name for himself last season. Um, happy for that. Happy for the opportunity sad of what could have been was mostly my emotions. I mean, he is a truly a great Indiana what if, and it, it almost hurts to have last season because that was such a window into really what could have been and the player that he could have been. And um, it, it's going to suck to see him go. I really wish him nothing but the best. And look, we've criticized him a lot this year. None of it, you know, none of it was really undeserved, but also he was far from the biggest issue with this football team. I mean, even at our worst, he was far this year in previous iterations of Indiana football. I mean, he's always never been the problem or the core issue. Um, he's worked his best around those core issues. Um, it, it just, end of the day, it, it didn't work out like it could have and honestly should have. And, um, you know, 
there's also the frustration part of it. The frustration of, could you imagine, you know, what happened, what would have happened had he been healthy, you know, had he not had four season ending injury, four season ending injuries in four yep. seasons. That's just, that is an insane amount of bad luck for anybody. I don't care how injury prone you are as a player. That's just horrible. And that's not something that happens to, you know, any, anybody that you read about that's injury prone doesn't, you know, doesn't have four injuries that end a season. I mean, they just don't. So it's a whole wheel of emotions, a whole wheelhouse of emotions. Um, but obviously, look, wish him nothing but the best. He gave me the best memories that Indiana football has given anybody since the Randall L days. And honestly, probably better than the Randall L days. Um, it, obviously, wish, you know, he could have capped his career with a better season than two and 10, than the two and 10 showing that this team gave this year. Um, wish he could have capped it any time the last two years with a bowl game victory. Obviously, that was, you know, not his fault. Um, circumstances out of his control with those. But, you know, just wish, just wishing that, you know, I send him off the same way that I spent watching his career, you know, wishing for just a little, little bit more, even if that's not necessarily obviously his fault or his problem. He, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of emotions. He's going to leave IU. He had four season ending uh, injuries. He's still going to leave IU about 140 yards short of being top 10 in passing all time, which both tells you how great he was when he was healthy. Probably a little bit of an indictment on IU football, but that's not breaking news. Um, but, it also shows is kind of a glimpse at what could have been because if any one of those seasons he's fully healthy, he's not only top 10 in passing all time, uh, he's in those single season record books. He's um, he's getting his jersey retired. Uh, he, well, he would have his, I, yeah, I would, th- I would think that he would have that or at least a banner outside the stadium. Yeah. And I don't know if they actually retire jerseys in college football. But yeah, whatever whatever the honor equivalent honor would be, a hundred percent. Yeah, he would be getting it. Uh, he's second in single game passing yards that Ohio State game, which is always going to be like the the watermark moment for Penix and IU. We were that close to beating Ohio State again. Probably another <laughs> indictment on IU football that our watermark moment is a narrow loss to Ohio State. But that that day was his kind of coming out party of how special he is how special he was and hopefully how special he will be at his next stop. I'm, I think I speak for everybody when I say I'm going to root for him wherever he goes next season. I hope he is able to get healthy. I hope he's able to tear it up. There were there were glimpses at times this season. That Western Kentucky game we watched together was about the only time he really looked like Michael Penix. Um and they needed him <laughs> to, to win that game. And it, it, w- it was just a, a lot of frustration uh, because, I mean, in hindsight, that 2020 season, he was so brilliant. He papered over a lot of cracks for this offense that uh, were exposed when he wasn't able to be brilliant in 2021. That offensive line was the same offensive line those two seasons. And they were they looked awful this year. And we were a uh, a Big Ten decision away from being in the conference title game 
last year. So um, it it's always going to be the probably the biggest what if in IU, definitely IU football history, IU athletics history. Probably um, it's it's sad, frustrating. I'm hopeful they see he's able to move on, but I, I ultimately wasn't surprised. I'd kind of alluded that I thought there would be more names entering the transfer portal uh, early in the offseason. I didn't specifically mean Penix, but there were too many names in that uh, QB room. Uh, Donovan McCauley, they see him as the future, uh, and he did probably enough at the end of this season to to warrant that faith. So between him between Jack Tuttle and between Penix, they were never all three going to stay. Like I said yesterday, I wouldn't be stunned if Jack Tuttle follows suit and is in the transfer portal soon uh, because it's one. It's going to be one of those things where they, they may, him and Donovan McCauley may fight for the starting job in the spring. If it becomes clear he's not going to get it, then he may enter the portal. But um, when it comes to Penix... I wish him the best. I hope he tears it up wherever he's at. I hope he's able to get healthy and hope he's able to get drafted because when he was at his best, that was an NFL caliber quarterback, and those don't come through Indiana. You mentioned Antoine Rindalale. Uh He was an way NFL ahead of his time. Receiver. He was an NFL yeah. caliber receiver. Even yeah, our quarterbacks are NFL quarterbacks. I was going to say he was well ahead of his time because – uh, Dustin Draporiak did a, a great article last week on Randall L just kind of being ahead of his time and how your, your Kyler Murray's and your guys like that are uh, a lot what Randall L was, uh, back in the early two thousands. So, uh, it's, it's rare for IU to have a talent like that. Even if it was for just one season, as you said, uh, it gave me more memories than I can ever imagine with IU football, or I could have ever imagined, I, I should say. He gave us the reach, which is always going to be a, a pinnacle moment, a where were you moment in IU uh, athletics history. I probably need to get one, a picture of it to go right alongside that, because that's how I view that moment, honestly, when it comes to IU football. And for that, we thank him. It, it sucks it wasn't able to work out, but hopefully uh, he's able to accomplish things next season wherever he lands it, it, it stinks it's a frustrating one a uh, couple other decisions transfers um coming into the program emory simmons uh he committed to iu he's a wide receiver out of high school flipped to in-state unc and then now is transferring to iu uh he announced that on sunday on Twitter. Um, he I believe was a four-star wide receiver coming out of high school. The wide receivers are, uh, there are none for IU next season. So I assume he is going to be a name that is going to be mentioned quite a bit. Um, he's going to have some expectations next season. We mentioned that Taiwan Mullins coming back. He's going to be joined, both Devin Matthews and Jalen Williams also announced they're going to be coming back. I believe Reese Taylor and Bryant Fitzgerald are the only ones with eligibility who have not announced anything as of when we're recording this. That's a lot of talent coming back. That's your top two cornerbacks for sure coming back next season. 
this defense I don't think is going to be terrible next year. They're going to have some holes to fill. Micah McFadden obviously is not going to be back, but am I crazy in thinking this defense won't be terrible? You're crazy for having any sort of positive expectations after, <laughs> after what happened when we went into this year with any positive expectations. So you're crazy for you're crazy for that alone. Um, no, I, I I see it. The defense could be very good next year. I think the loss of McFadden obviously is the barrier, you know, between the potential to be good and the potential to be great. Um, that's just not that's not just a player that you can replace or plug and play um you're not bringing in a five-star top 20 top 50 linebacker to replace him um so it's gonna have to be homegrown and it's gonna be a process so you're not wrong for having optimism about the defense um but i would i would certainly put a cap on uh, on that optimism Buddy, there's going to be a massive cap on any optimism I have for IU football for at least two decades after this season. <laughs> I was three decades. Yeah, that I, I learned my lesson. I always am an optimistic person in general. I was ready to go full bore into this season. We're going to be up there challenging the elites. No, lesson learned. Everybody has to get burned once, I guess. I'm never going to forget this season. I'm optimistic, relatively speaking. I'm just excited that we're going to have an All-American cornerback and a couple starters back in the secondary. Hopefully, that spells good things. Didn't this year. So I, well, I guess that's what I have to go back on. Look, uh, look I, don't care, I don't care who came back on the defense. As long as we can get some wide receivers who can actually catch the ball and hold on to the ball, like – like you're my heroes already. Like you got you guys, <laughs> you guys are my program saviors. You know, if Emery can come in and, and just catch simple slant routes and pick up five, six yards at a time, he's, he's already in my pantheon of IU receivers in, in recent years, certainly after this season. So um, yeah, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how we feel, you know, when we're refreshed and restored in, uh, June, July, and August, and we've gone months and months on end without Indiana football, and we sort of forget, not not forget, we sort of let the traumas of this season go by the wayside a little bit, and we start getting excited again. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a while before I can get excited because this was a damper of a season. It'll be the one other name I'm interested really to see, other than the couple of uh, secondary. Uh, Reese Taylor and Bryant Fitzgerald. I believe all this COVID stuff has me largely confused about who has eligibility. I believe DJ Matthews has one more year of eligibility. He was by far their best offensive weapon through the first handful of games. Obviously, he tears his ACL, and we saw what type of effect that has on Michael Penix, but he caught the football, and that's what you were asking for. Uh, so I will be kind of looking out for if he has any type of decision he announces on social media. I expect most of those to be made in the coming, probably this week, because um, kids want to enter the transfer portal right away to try to land in the handful of spots that will be open. So I expect those decisions to be coming uh, more and more here in the coming week or so. So. We'll be on the lookout for that. We will let you guys know if we see any of that. Jared, as always, thank you for coming on. I uh, want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. 
We'll be back on Wednesday to preview IU going up to the Kohl Center. Ugh, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, now for your second listen today, head on over to Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q, an expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love you guys have given us. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Tuesday in LEO.